Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dance It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast. I'm your host, Giuseppe Corallo, and this week I'm joined again by the great Clinton. Hi, Clinton. Hello, how are you? Well, I'm fine. Thank you so much for asking. What about you? I'm great. It is a beautiful Sunday morning over here. I am tired because I didn't sleep a lot because I had to get up early for this, but I'm excited. Oh, oh, so thank you. Thank you for, you know, waking up early for us, for me and for us, of course. So today we're going to be talking about the fall finale of Grey's Anatomy entitled Thunderstruck. So, of course, if you haven't seen yet, there are spoilers ahead because now we know that Meredith is going to Boston and she's leaving to, you know, for, for, for a daughter, Zola, to enroll her in a school which, it, which fits her needs. Mm-hmm. And also because Jackson offered her to work on a, on a research about Alzheimer's. So that's exciting for Meredith Gray, right? It is. It is. I, don't, I have thoughts, but we'll save it for later. But it is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I have thoughts as well about all this sexy storyline. So we're going to talk about it. And so I'm going to start with my recap because this week on Grey's Anatomy, while a thunstorm hits Seattle, Meredith informs everyone at the hospital that she's leaving, but, you know, actually forgets to actually face Nick. Simone and Lucas finally kiss after a heated argument. Blue and Jules get to know each other better. And the house that has been the shelter to everyone on the show at some point goes up in flame. So, Clinton, let's start with your thoughts about, you know, this Meredith exit storyline. What do you think about it? Okay, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, I think just, like, her getting ready to leave is heartbreaking, obviously. I thought it was just so funny that both her um, and her sister were just, like, avoiding their partners uh, like they're just like like her and Maggie were like nope we're not going to talk to our husbands slash boyfriends nope absolutely not and it was like I don't know it made me feel like they were related because they avoided so similarly and I thought that was interesting um but then like I'm happy for Zola and I'm happy for Meredith because there's all those you know rumors online where they're like oh Meredith's like like the finale is gonna be like Meredith gets Alzheimer's and it's like 30 years later and Zola's her doctor taking care of her kind of like a loop, but like it improved in the next cycle than when it was Meredith taking care of her mom. And it's just so sad. So I'm glad that it's happier because like she's been through so much crap. Like she deserves a happy exit and like a ha- she deserves her happily ever after. That's my thought. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm torn about this exit storyline. First of all, as I've said in the past, I do not want to imagine a Grey's Anatomy without Grey because for me, Meredith Grey is the center of the show. And the point is that, you know, they had no choice, of course, but since they want to continue, since they want the show to go on for a few more years, I mean, they had no choice but to face her out. And I think that in order to face her out, they're not doing it with a bang. So these are the last episodes of Meredith as a full-time cast member. And I am not feeling the nostalgia, the excitement that I should feel saying goodbye to such an important character, to the most important character in the Grey's universe, actually. So, you know, when we had to say goodbye to Christina, there was all this farewell arc. When we said goodbye to Alex, he felt monumental also monumental, even if at the, at the time we didn't know that it was supposed to be his exit, you know? So 
I just feel like they're limping towards our final episode. And I, I actually think that Meredith deserved a stronger ending. So from that, from, from this, from this perspective, I feel a little bit betrayed and cheated. On the other end, I think that, you know, they're writing a positive, as you said, a hopeful new beginning for Meredith. So I'm happy about that. But, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't get the point of certain storylines. Why, for example, I mean, we're going to talk about Meredith and Nick, but first of all, let's talk about the final image of this episode, you know? Basically, the Grace House is going in flames and Meredith is holding onto the post-it from, you know, the day of um, her marriage with Derek, her wedding day with uh, with Derek. And she's holding tight to it while she's watching her house burn down. But the point is, why did the writers feel the need to burn the house down? Why was it necessary to you know, to burn all these bridges. I, 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 I am just not happy because, you know, when drama happens for a reason, I'm all for it. But for God's sake, she was about to leave. Why burn out the house? And I have just one explanation for this. And maybe I'm wrong, but the only explanation that I can get is that, you know, since Meredith is not going to be in the show anymore, they needed new sets for, you know, maybe Simone's house. And, you know, from a logistic perspective, it made sense to burn Meredith's house so that they could afford new sets. But again, was it really necessary from a story point, from, from a story, story-wise, was it? I guess for me, I always thought it was like, oh, I guess I say always, like, it's like I watched this a couple of days ago, but I just kind of thought like, if she technically had a house there, it would be too easy for her to come back, right? Like she... She she grew up there and then she went back to that same house when she went to med school because she couldn't like afford another place and there was a place to live. Like, why not? And so it's like you're getting rid of that last physical tie besides the people on the hospital. Like it's it. I thought it was smart because it made it harder for her to come back and it also made it easier for her to leave right like yes it's hard to say goodbye to her co-workers in the hospital but it's also hard to say goodbye to like your childhood home when you don't have any other family and stuff of like your previous generation and then so they're like okay that would be a reason that's hard for Meredith to leave also she lived there with Derek so let's just burn the place down and I don't know I felt something I thought it was very like I saw a buzzfeed that it was like out with the old and in with the new like it it I don't know it struck with me. I I it, it, I found it impactful. And then when you're talking about how you didn't you haven't liked her exit storyline, I kind of felt like they've been hinting at it for the all six episodes. And then we know she's in one more for her farewell episode, and then she'll be in the season finale. But it was like a seven episode arc for her leaving. I don't know that felt long. Did it not feel long to you? Like they like it, it had a slow progression, so that way it didn't just feel like a blindside. I don't know. Okay, I guess in a preface, I'm really easily entertained. And so yeah. I don't usually be like, I'm not the one to be like, look at the plot hole. So I'm kind of yeah. like, oh no, it just it made uh-huh. sense to me. 
Yeah, you know, I know. I mean, I know you've told me this before. It's not about the fact that the the act, the storyline didn't take long because it did take long. But the point is that you know these were Meredith's last episodes, and I wanted to see her more. I wanted to see her interact with other characters more. When 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 we when it was announced that Alain Popel was going to do just eight episodes this season, I thought, okay, then maybe the Alain Pompeo will decide to appear on screen more. Because you know, if since I think since uh, since season seventeen, since the COVID season, she has appeared less and less. So I thought, okay, maybe she will be there for her last episodes. But I mean, I don't think it has been like that. I I think that her present has been the same as the previous year. So she, we haven't seen a lot of her. We haven't seen a lot of her and Nick, for example. And this brings me to another point. What the hell are they doing with the writing of Meredith and Nick this season? They wrote it so perfectly last season. They wrote it as two people who were mature enough to have a conversation, to tell each other how they felt, what they needed. And now this season, when the season began, basically they, they hadn't spoken to each other for six months, which I found absurd, but I was like, okay, I let it go. And now in this episode, after she told him in episode two that she, she was gonna say to him, I love you, and for as, as lo- I'm going to say I love you to you as, uh, for as long as you need me to say it. Well, now in this episode, she hasn't talked to him, to the guy who moved across country for her. She hadn't, she hasn't talked to him about the fact that she's about, she's, she's about to move to Boston. And when Nick confronts her and says to her, well, it feels like I'm not part of your life. She's like, that's not true. Well, what, what, what's with the writing? I mean, I think that's just lazy writing. Why isn't Meredith talking to the man she loves? I don't know. I feel like Meredith would be really hard to date. Like, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I, like, like, not her to love because she's great, but she be, she doesn't talk to anybody. She doesn't consult, right? She doesn't, she, she, it is so hard for her to be vulnerable and say, like, I feel this. And so, <clears throat> I don't know. That seems just- on track. She she just she just had apologized to Nick. Yeah, but how many times have we apologized to someone and then done the same thing again? Like, oh, right, right. Sorry, I'm still learning, still learning. Like, you gotta you gotta tell me when I'm not doing it so I can be aware. Because she has like what like her character is like fifty something. She has like fifty years of this habit being ingrained of like not telling people how you feel. I think she's forty something actually. But yeah, I get what you mean. But you know what? At the end of the episode, I was like. And I'm sorry to say this, and if Jasmine could, when Jasmine actually will listen to me, she will say, I told you so. But at the end of the episode, I was like, this couple did not communi- does not communicate. And I was like, maybe Nick deserves better. And I'm so sorry to say this, but I mean, I hope that I will change my mind by next, by uh, when the show comes back. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm, pretty sure that they're going to end up together but that's not the point the point is that nick deserves uh, a person who will talk to him because that's what he has been doing for all these past months he has put her first he has always seen her as a priority well she i i'm not saying that he has to be her priority because of course she has children so her children should be her priority what i'm saying is that she should share with the partner who has proved to you always that you know you come first you should talk to him and you should be able to communicate with him so I'm pretty pissed off America great right now and the point is that 
I get that the right that the fans love Meredith and Derek. I loved Meredith and Derek. I love Meredith and De- Meredith and Derek. But are we still at that point in which Mary in, in which fans have to be remembered every time that the biggest love story Meredith has had will always be Derek? Do we do we really need that? Because I felt that that at the end her holding tightly the post-it was a way to you know to to tell the fans, you know, worry, Meredith and Derek are going to be it for forever. And I don't know, I felt a little bit um, offended by it. I mean, maybe I'm overdramatic, but that's who I am. And I'm like, I, I'm so rooting for Meredith and Derek. So right now I'm pissed off. But we'll see what happens in February when the show comes back. I don't know. From- I didn't think of it like that. I thought of it as just like they needed to sever some ties for her to make the transition easier for her. and. But they were like, but we can't get rid of every single thing she had of Derek because that would be devastating. And so we'll we'll keep one thing. We'll keep the post-it. Yeah, I thought it was just fun service. I just thought that the house didn't did not need to burn down. Meredith, I liked the re- house burning. I don't know. I'm a monster. I don't know. I like when Meredith grays in pain, but what? I liked the house burning. No, I I because you know what the house has always been my favorite set, my favorite location. So to see her now, I'm so pissed off. So, so pissed off. So that's, yeah. I think it's one but of the biggest- doesn't that products. signal to you? It's the uh, it's a new era with the house gone then? Like, it's like Meredith yeah. isn't coming back as a full regular character. Like, this is this is it. Yeah, I know. But that I, again, I don't think we needed that. I, I, I thought it was- So how would you have written it? How would you, if you felt, okay, if you, you're the writer, you feel that you need to do something to sever some ties for Meredith besides her just saying, we're going to move now, but you need to actually sever some ties. What would you do? Again, I don't think it was necessary. I think what I don't get is that at the end of season 18, they had the perfect opportunity for a character to be written out. They could have started season 19, six months later, her running up the program and then telling everybody, okay, I'm going to Mayo, uh, to Minnesota to to be the head of the Gray Center. I think they had the opportunity to write her final storyline without adding drama they could have they could have focused on this last episode on her saying goodbye to her colleagues and on her trying to mend the relationship with nick but what we got instead was just in my opinion nothing if you think about her storyline with nick did we really get some emotional scene apart from that one scene in which she apologized no we didn't see anything we didn't see anything romantic we didn't we just didn't see anything so if I had that the opportunity to write Meredith off, I would have I would have sent her to Mayo so that she could have returned more easily. Because the point is now that she goes to Boston to research on, on Alzheimer's, and now that she goes there because Zola is in need of a new school, if Helen Pompeo comes back full time, I don't think will happen. But even if she comes back for, I don't know, uh seven episodes a season, how do we actually I, I think it's more difficult to write her in now. And I don't know. I just I, I just think it was, again, I'm going to repeat myself, but I think it was a necessary drama that we could have avoided. And I think we as fans deserve better. But, you know, you, you're loving this final storyline. So I'm happy that for you, it's actually working. So, yeah. We should do a poll on Instagram being like, are you burn baby burn? Or are you like, like let her be happy? Like... 
yeah, let her be happy. And, and, and especially write a final storyline that makes sense for a character, right? I, there was so much to, to, we could have seen more, her more with the interns during uh, surgeries. Again, we could have seen her more with Nick. We could have seen more her more with the sister, but what we got instead was her isolated from the rest of the cast again, talking to Zola, talking to Jackson. So the point, the question remains: Was it necessary? For me, it was not. But again, Do you feel that Meredith has been more center stage in these six episodes than she has been in the last few seasons. I think the writers are trying to balance the halt with the new. And I think they haven't done a great job because when they are with Meredith, I'm like, uh, okay, but I'm seeing her, but you're wasting screen time because you're you're showing to me things that are not that important to me. And when she's not on screen, I'm like, okay, why am I supposed to care about these new characters? So I think that once she leaves, in a way, it's going to be better for the writers because they're finally going to have a center again. Right now, they're juggling between the whole the path between you know finishing holder storylines and setting up the new storylines but for, starting from episode eight in which Alan Pompeo is not going to be in I think they're going to have an easier time to 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 have the focus on the on the interns and speaking of the interns I have to say that I'm completely sold and I, I, I don't want to sign the bipolar you know but I, I just said that the question lingers why I'm supposed to care about them. And the question is still there. But but I'm I have to say that I'm loving Simone and Lucas more and more. And I really love their chemistry. And maybe we're in for a great potential romance storyline with the two of them. What do you think about their chemistry? I really like them connecting. I think they're really cute together, especially because they're so opposite. Like she's the one who's like the the model resident does everything perfectly you know experienced horrible amounts of racism which is awful um and just like kills it all the time and then he's the one that like can't stay awake in her surgery uh too preoccupied about people think he'd rather people think he's sleeping with his i mean with amelia than know she's her uh his aunt like stuff like that so i don't know i thought that was really funny um yeah, that they're so opposite. But I also was like proud of her for being like, I can't do this. And then ran off. I'm like, good for you. Don't do things you don't want to. Good job. Yeah. 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 But I think it's, there is more to that. Yeah. I think there's going to be, I like, I like them. I like the new interns. I think, I don't know, with Griffith, this episode, I was more concerned because she really liked that author. I thought for a second it was going to be like Schmidt's podcaster he killed. I was like, oh my God, is she going to kill him? Like, is her, is that what's going to happen? And so I was, I wasn't too focused on them because I was just too relieved. I was like, oh, the author made it. Thank God. Griffith didn't kill her. Yeah. And I was so happy about the the case of the week because, because I, I think the author was, uh, was a great character. It reminded me of another author patient we, uh, in season eight, the one who was Lexi patient, and she did. She had to do a risky surgery, and she did. She was afraid that she was not going to be able to finish her story. Do you remember her? I don't. Oh, she she was a great character. She was a great character, and again, she she reminded me of her. And I I, I love when authors. I mean, I love the trope in which authors have to finish their stories, but they're about to mm-hmm. their surgery and, and their life is at risk. And 
I loved the fact that she had been a great uh, inspiration for both Meredith and Bailey and, and also for Simone, so that she has reached out to all generations, you know? And I especially loved what she wrote in Simone's book. She, she wrote uh, fewer fairy tales, more life. That's but the thing with that was, I don't think she really writes fairy tales. I think she tries to like, like she said, she's like, kids need messy stories. Yeah. I tell, I, I wrote the quote down. She's like, kids need messy stories. I tell children the truth in a way that helps them hear it. And I expect them to as well when they're no longer children, like to tell us the other people the truth. And so I, I liked that. But I also love the counter side of that, of like encouraging more fairy tales, because like, I think there's a glee quote where it's like, it takes courage to see the world as it should be and not as it is. And it's mm. like, yeah, like we all, we all need a little magic in the world. So I don't know. I loved her. I loved that quote. I thought you gave me my, my spoiler alert. It's going to be my like favorite part of the episode later. Um, oh, me but you actually, the one. We oh, just... no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The one. Yeah. Spoiler alert. So we already said our favorite quote. The okay. one he needs more messy stories. It's, ama- it's an amazing quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No doubt Simone is the new Meredith Gray in a way. She's the she's gonna be the new focus. She's the intern that has gotten more development. And I think her relationship with with Lucas is gonna parallel is gonna parallel um meaning the, in, the importance that it's gonna have inside the show, the meaning that the relationship that Meredith and Derek had in the first seasons. I think they're going to replicate that kind of chemistry and I have to say that I'm actually in so we'll yeah. see. see I did think the kiss though felt forced like with um um I forget his name what's the guy in turn that he, she kissed Lucas 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 I don't know with Lucas being like I failed I failed and I was like yeah you did on very preventable things and then he like kissed her I don't know it all felt really forced I didn't like the kiss part. I like the romance, but I didn't think that was a good moment. I actually liked it because, you know, they had been hinting at this kiss since the beginning of the episode. At the beginning of the episode, they were about to kiss and then there is a thunderstorm of uh, 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 lighting. And so they, they get apart. And so the, the ha- I, I felt like the episode w- had been building towards that moment. So mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it. And also while Lucas and Simone were being paired up, uh, the other two interns, Blue and Jules, were, you know, uh, at each other's throats uh, during the episode treating a patient. By the end of the episode, they they confessed to each other they, their background, their painful background. So basically, Blue's mother died when he was in college, and this was catastrophic for him. So he left college and uh, and we learned all his uh, his painful backstory and what do you think about it and what did you think about that this other chemistry that they're creating between blue and jules i liked it because they seem both like really like strong stubborn characters that like like to make fun of each other um it was interesting to hear about her background for jules but i didn't like, I want to know why all of them are in this program, right? Like, we know that these are kind of like the bottom of the barrel as, like, residents go on, like, paper. And so we can see why with Blue was like, okay, you know, during school, this happened. He had to go to a school in the Caribbean, um, which shouldn't be a big deal, yet it is. But with her, it's like, okay, your parents were, they sold weed. Like, okay, that sucks. I was 
I'm still looking for the explanation as why she's in this program. Like what in her undergrad didn't go well. We understand with Simone's in this one because she obviously experienced a lot of racism, finally broke. And then they were like, this is the true you, which is horrible. And so she's here. So yeah, I guess for Jules and the other intern who I forget her name. Um, I don't know any other names yet. Um, they, we, I don't know why they're here yet okay. and not elsewhere. And that's what I'm wanting to know if that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I get it. We know why, as you said, we know why Blue is there. We know why Simone is there. We know why Lucas is there. But yeah, for yeah. Jules, for Jules we do, and for Mika as well, we still don't know why they're there. Yeah. I, I have to say that I like the two of them, but I think the show is doing them a disservice because they feel like they're in their own bubble, separated from the rest of the cast. So sometimes I feel like they're in their own show. And I don't think that's a good thing for, for you know, two characters, two characters that still have to be, um, they still don't have a lot of, of force in, in the show. I, I don't know if you get me. I'm, what I'm trying to say is that before they get them in a bubble, they should let us fear love them more. And this usually happens when they interact with older characters. So as mm-hmm. of now, I'm not that invested in them. But there is, I see there is potential. So we'll see. The other Do part- you feel like the interns are doing less surgeries than like the original magic class did? Yeah, yeah. Again, I think that's because of screen time. So that they are trying to balance older characters, newer characters, and it must be complicated. And I think things will will change soon. We'll, we'll see. Mm-hmm. And another character that I really love, and she, I have to say she's one of my favorites, is Mika. And we are not seeing a lot of her from her, but she had an interesting storyline in this episode because basically she sees Teddy being a really bold, badass uh, lady surgeon, as she says. And and I can't help but wonder uh, what if, I mean, we know that Teddy is bisexual and we know that Mika is bisexual as well. So what if we're in for a Teddy and Mika affair? Uh, I don't know. I had this, you know, I had this thought while she was praising Teddy. And since we know that Teddy's marriage with Owen is on the rocks, they can make for a fun triangle. I I hope not. Like, I hope Teddy learned to, you know, not cheat <laughs> after she, like, cheated with Krasik. Um, But, like, I don't know. Maybe it would be, like, another, like, Helm Meredith thing where, like, Teddy doesn't, like, do any feelings back. But, like, Mika will just, like, pine after her and make things awkward and weird for, like, a plot device. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. Yeah. 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 I thought I thought the purpose of her praising her was, one woman support woman but two i thought it was also just to like give teddy a little more credit to her name so that way when like they were like teddy you should be cheap like it it felt right yeah it felt right you're right and also i have to say that i hadn't thought of teddy as a possible chief but now i I thought nick would be i thought was my first thought oh yeah but i when owen suggested it to teddy i was like of course she's the reasonable choice Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and right? she's good in a crisis because of her trauma training and stuff especially being a you know in a rock for so long yeah i think she will rock at that position so i'm really excited if they got there with that with their character 
And I think it would be interesting to sit Hattie in the chief position and to see what she brings to the hospital, what kind of energy she brings out there, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, while all of this was happening at the hospital, back at Grace's house before he went up in flames, a marriage was going up in flames as well. Yeah, Maggie's bad right now. Right? I was, okay, so basically Maggie and Winston have this big fight about the, um, I mean, not a big fight, but really um, a disturbing fight about the fact that Winston wants to change specialties in order to save his marriage. And she basically says to him that if if he prioritizes his relationship to her, to over her his work, then he's a. She doesn't know if he can if she can respect him. And I was like, what? So in that precise moment, she reminded me of Alice Grace, and I thought, oh, mm. she really is a mother's daughter. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's true. I just thought it was way over dramatic, and I'm like, he's trying to save the marriage, and also it's like he can still go back to cardio later, and there's nothing wrong with gaining a new skill set in vascular. Also, vascular tissues are connected to the heart, so like, isn't that useful too to know what's happening in the surroundings? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maggie didn't like her, and also it just that she doesn't see that she's treating her husband like below his level and like using him as like an intern or resident when he is a full attending surgeon because he's just she's just like yeah I don't trust anybody else so just you haha and it's like well poor Winston like he at this point his career wants to be doing x y and z and you're keeping him back at like abc yeah yeah absolutely yeah I agree I agree uh again I think they're creating drama for drama's sake so yeah it seems forced and I feel like Winston's being very reasonable like hey this is bothering me and she's like oh okay but it doesn't change and then he's like okay I found a solution I think this is going to work for both of us and then she's just being really dramatic about it I don't know I don't know we'll have to see and uh, until uh, you know we'll have to see and wait to see what happens and we'll have to wait Clinton until february as i said before so basically this show returns on february 23rd i think why so far why don't they just pump out 23 episodes in 23 weeks come on Uh, (laughs) well the the point is that i think that since they knew that they had ellen pompeo just for a limited presence they they did want to to keep her until the mid-season premiere so i think that's why the Ayers mm. year came so early. And because, you know, next episode, which is going to be titled I Follow the Sun, is going to be Meredith's last episode as a full-time cast member. So it's going to be the end of an era. Um, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see to see what happens. And I will rem- and I have I want to remind you that when the show comes back, uh, it's going to be again a crossover with Station 19, and we're going to see Ellen Pompeo appear in the Station 19 episode as well. So it's going to be important. Oh, so I should watch Station 19. Yes, yeah, you should watch Station 19 in February to see how this storyline uh, resolves. Yeah, and there are lots of other things that are going on in the show. There is jo- the Joe Link saga, which is going, I mean, they're really stretching it. They're, they're really. Trying. Can we just make up their minds with that one? I feel like they're going back and forth. Like, we love each other. No, we don't. Are we hooked up? But we're just friends. And I'm just like, uh-huh. just, it's, it's, I hate all of it. It seems dumb. 
Yeah, it seems a little bit dumb. And I, I think they're, we're in for the long haul, actually. I think that we're not going to see a resolution between the two of them until the, se the season finale, in which they will magically realize that they want each other and that they're ready to risk their friendship. So we'll see. We'll see. And, you know, it's time for, our favorite, for my favorite part of the episode. But the point is that we already said what our <laughs> audience scenes were. So, so. So I'm going to take this time to remind us uh, to thank you, Clinton, again, for being with us, to thank our listeners to always being so supportive. And, and you know, the show won't be back until February, but stay tuned because I, I think we're going to have a few special episodes, at least one special episode in which we're going to talk about uh, season, uh, season 19 in general, and we're going to talk about uh, what's going to happen in the future. So stay tuned because even though the show is an hiatus, that this does not mean that we're not going to be out with new content. Ooh, I like the idea of you guys trying to predict the future. That sounds like fun. Yeah, then we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Clinton. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Thanks, Giuseppe. So that's our show. And if you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review, and tell your friends. Our theme song is inspired by Kevin McLeod. You can find us on Twitter at DenseItOutPod and on Instagram at DenseItOutGrey's Anatomy. Until next time, I'm Giuseppe, and this is Dense It Out, a Grey's Anatomy podcast.